I'm Dr. Julie Humphreys. And I'm Natasha Whitehurst. Hello, and today we're talking to Rebecca Whittington, our online safety manager at Reach PLC. And we're going to have a magnified moment of our DNI Spy podcast today to talk about the online harms against women working in the journal in journalism and media. Um, the recent research that has been done between the Women in Journalism organisation and Reach. Welcome, Dr. Rebecca. Hi, it's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. It's great to see you. So, um, I guess it would be it would be good to. Um, kick off and and understand from your perspective Rebecca you know we had Alison uh, Phillips uh, editor of the mirror here um, and chair of women in journalism talking to us about this for International Women's Day but from your perspective what what kind of angle were you coming at this research from? Um, well I've worked in online harms um, since joining Reach as online safety editor in 2021 and um there's there's lots of kind of anecdotal research uh, anecdotal sorry evidence which suggests that um women are targeted more highly than male counterparts online and journalists are targeted online significantly with online abuse um anyway so obviously uh, there is that intersectional element there um we also know that uh, women of color for example are targeted again even more highly so um there's been Anecdotal evidence to suggest this, there's also been really significant research done by UNESCO um, and more recently the European Federation of um, Journalists. But what we don't know is how it looks in the UK and what it looks like um, as affecting journalists who are working for REACH, working for other organisations in the um, UK. So I wanted to do the research to really find out whether the situation was the same for women working in the UK, but in media industries. But not only that, we need to know whether it is happening, but also what the impact of it is on their working life. And I really wanted to find that out as well, because if we can find that out, then obviously it gives us the opportunity to actually start identifying some solutions to the problems. Absolutely. So, so it's really um, research that is well-timed, um, it feels. And you came up with some headline findings. Tell us about those. Yes, so we had a really significant uh, response rate for the research. So we had more than 400 women took part in the research, um, which is um, quite a good number. Uh, when it comes to surveying journalists, they can sometimes be a bit tricky to pin down. So <laughs> I was really pleased with that with that outcome. And what was interesting was that UNESCO, um, for example, has found that uh, three quarters of women who took part in their research were experiencing online harms um, against them, online violence against them. Uh, that number correlated with our findings. So 75% of participants said that they'd experienced some kind of online abuse or harassment during the course of their work. Um, we also saw that 20% um, of the participants um, said that it actually was making them consider leaving industry, which is obviously really significant and really worrying for industry because in an area where we're wanting to see wider representation, higher participation, more reflection of our society, we obviously don't want to see people being pushed out. And we know that online harm really does target people, women, but also uh, people of colour, for example. So it's, it's kind of undoing all of the work that we are really trying to make positive change within our industry. Um, and then we also found that um, a quarter of the people who took part had experienced some kind of sexual violence or harassment wow. as well online. Um, and probably, um, you know, some people would think that this 
you know, is less important, but actually half of participants said that they'd reduced their promotion of their work online. And really interesting in terms of the um, actual feedback that came through. So we obviously asked questions that gave us these figures, but we also asked people for their testimony. Um, and people, quite a few participants said, um, you know, I look around me and I see other people, other, you know, colleagues, kind of flying in their work, able to promote themselves online, feeling like they can actually, you know, use the platforms in the way that they're intended. Um, and I'm not doing that. And I'm choosing not to do it because of my own mental health and well-being, even though the result is that it's meaning I'm getting, you know, my career is not going as far as it could do. Um, so clearly, again, there's a real problem because if we're wanting to see um, women in journalism um, not only working in the front line but also progressing, also developing their careers, um, you know, exploring the areas that they want to explore and, and develop. Where this is again stopping people from doing that. And so then there, there were, you know, a few key themes. Can you just bring those to life for us? There was a, a few key themes that came out. Um, harassment was significant. So people talked not only about um, kind of you know the one-off events but actually quite a few of the participants talked about the fact that they are harassed by the same people again and again which essentially becomes stalking you know um if we're gonna we're gonna call it what it is stalking is unwanted repetitive behavior from an individual against another individual and and so you know we do we did see evidence of that um, from quite a few of the participants who talked about it and they talked about the mental health impacts as well it wasn't just those people that talked about mental health impacts there was quite a number of participants that talked about the impacts on their mental health and well-being um, which is just you know we need to reverse that as an industry that is it's so important if we're wanting people to stay in their jobs feel happy and healthy and fulfilled then mental health and well-being is obviously absolutely mm. primary as part of that um, we also saw um, that uh, misogyny was playing a significant role in this as well. So 50% um, said that they'd experienced some kind of misogyny um, or harm connected to their gender. Um, so again, you know, it is clear that this is an issue that is particularly affecting women because the type of harm that they're experiencing is misogynistic. Mm. And was it um, layered or your results layered at all with other demographics? Yes. Um, so they, they, what they were. Um, we did see uh, 7% uh, of participants said that the harm was connected also to their ethnicity. Um, and another 7% said uh, that nationality had been wow. a factor as well. Uh, and then also really interestingly, socioeconomic situation background was raised several times by people so seven percent again said that but also the testimony that came with that was really interesting because they talked about some people said my accent is being picked out you know the way that I speak people are saying that I am unable to do my job because I'm too common I suppose if you're going to put it in inverted commas or too posh um, and and often that kind of very um, kind of binary approach was being taken by by members of the public against journalists just because of the way that they sound, you know, uh, people jumping to conclusions, people casting aspersions, um, and all sorts of different things. It was interesting the socio economic side of things. I do feel like 
if we ran this research again, I would want to widen the participation because I do feel like, for example, 7% saying ethnicity was a factor within the abuse that they'd faced suggests to me that we had quite a low number of journalists of colour, for example, taking part, um, rather than um, that there was a significant number of journalists of colour, but a lot of them weren't facing these issues, because we know that there is this intersectional issue, and UNESCO research really demonstrates that very starkly. Um, so I do think if we ran it again, I'd like to make sure that we were widening participation. We didn't specifically ask people for their personal characteristics within the research. Um, maybe, again, that's something that we could consider for future as well just to see what kind of response rate we're getting and, and making sure that we're really asking everybody um, about their experiences in this situation. And this wasn't just a piece of research that was over and done <clears throat> excuse me on International Women's Day um, you had a call to action as well tell us about that. Yes, yeah, so Women in Journalism and REACH obviously partnered with this. Um, I'm on the committee of Women in Journalism um, and Alison's obviously the chair. And um, we, we really wanted to make sure that this research isn't just telling people something and then we all carry on until the next International Women's Day. Um, so we obviously the, the research findings were significant. We wanted to uh, really shout about those and get the attention of leaders in industry. So one um, call to action that we put to those leaders is if you don't have a policy around online safety of all of your journalists, then please do take a look at this. Um, we are also... Um, we're also putting together a policy that people can sign up to. So if they're smaller organisations, for example, hyperlocal, which might not have the resources to actually give to founding their own policy, we want to be able to provide that for them. So that's a work in progress at the moment, and it will be on the Women in Journalism website when it's available. Um, alongside that, Women in Journalism also pledged to assist with some of this. So, you know, it's all well and good as saying organisations, you should be doing this. But actually, there are an awful lot of freelancers, um, for example, who aren't connected solely to one organisation. Um, and there's a lot of managers out there who would like to engage with this kind of thing, but wouldn't necessarily know where to start. Um, so we're putting on a series of training workshops as well, um, mainly coming out against the key themes um, that we've actually uh, identified within the research. So they include really basic stuff around um, boundaries and online safety and online harm and how to protect yourself. And then we're going to specifically do, do things like how to manage backlash online, um, preparing for a risk. So um, preparation is a huge and, and protection is a really key part of defence against online harm. Um, stalking and online harassment, because obviously that was a key theme that came out mental health um, and, and how to manage mental health uh, in, in, when working in online spaces, um, managing trauma uh, resulting from online harm, and then also physical safety in journalism, because um, again, that was one of the key themes that came out that people talked a lot about this kind of, um, the impact that it had on their physical safety, either in their perception of physical safety, or actually they talked about being, you know, having something happen to them in the street mm. or face to face. That's um that's super interesting, Rebecca. Um, I guess my my final um question, as it were, um, for people or like members of the public that utilize like online platforms and follow journalists and are supportive of the work that they're doing, um, is there anything that they can do to kind of 
keep journalists safe and ensure that like the the, the word that they're putting out on their media is yeah they're, they're safer I guess yeah I mean I think there's a few really practical things people can do so you know, on all of the platforms that we use pretty much there are reporting functions so if you see somebody being abusive or violent towards another person you can report it um, and I would always encourage people to do that because um, then the platforms will take a look at it and they might not take a look straight away but actually if that person is reported on a regular basis you know for behaving badly they will be removed for example so sometimes it can feel a little bit like well what's the point but actually the point is it can have that cumulative effect um, and ultimately platforms should be looking at um, the amount of reporting that they're receiving what it is that's being reported and they should be taking action to then make change that actually uh, protects people so that is one way that the you know everyday user can actually do that. I think the other thing is calling out um, calling out bad behaviour, calling out misinformation, and that can be quite a challenging thing to do and quite a scary thing to do. But actually, if you see somebody who's clearly spreading misinformation or smearing um, somebody and without any foundation and essentially um, causing a problem for them I think if you saw that as a, as a user you do have the opportunity to say actually that's not true you know this is this isn't true and th this is where the truth is so actually if you have the evidence that you can link to bring that in as well you know give your challenge a bit of foundation and I think those are two ways that you can you can make that difference um and actually, I would say that women working in journalism, women in journalism is a good organisation to join if you're looking for um, solidarity in this area too. It is an area of focus for women in journalism. And there is a lot of good work being done, not just by women in journalism, but more widely as well. So there's some amazing toolkits out there. So if you're freelance and you're struggling to know where to go, you know, do look at women in journalism and other areas and, you know, hopefully that will help. That's great. Thanks, Dr. Rebecca Whittington. Thank you for your time on this DNI's by Magnified Moment. You can find us on Twitter. Our handles are in the show notes below. And if you've liked what you've heard, please rate us wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to get new episodes automatically. Thanks for listening. <laughs>